Welcome to Who Analyzed Roger Rabbit, the podcast that dissects the film Who Framed Roger Rabbit, one minute at a time, with special guests Kestra and Andrew Dorowski. Welcome back. I am Chris Blair. I am here, as always, with Annie McMullen. Hello. And as a treat, we are joined again by Kestra Dorowski. Hi. And Andrew Dorowski. Hello. So glad to have you back for this one, especially because we start getting major Disney animated characters in this particular minute. This is where they really mm-hmm. start to come in. And this is the part where Arcane Maroon's office becomes way more exciting. <laughs> uh, we begin with Eddie screaming, and the minute ends with him passing a frog on steps. No, we have this this scary moment, a giant eye appearing, Eddie screaming, ducking under the desk, and R.K. Maroon explaining, this is only Dumbo. Okay, well, (laughs) a couple things. One, uh, Dumbo's eyelashes are gorgeous. They're really, you know, perfect. I think they're what everybody wants. uh, They've got a wonderful curve to them. Yeah, they really do. (laughs) It's just, you know, they're very sweet eyes uh, in general. And then also, like, Eddie's uh, nimbleness in this uh, scene is truly impressive. <laughs> yeah, that he gets right under there. Fast. Yeah, he like it is. I mean, they have not started running at this point. I think the um, the standard like duck and cover drills. <laughs> but he's ready for yeah. it. Like he is under that desk. He's pressed against the against the wall. Yeah, and he's like he's down. Yeah. Do you think this is also his PTSD of like what he went through with his brother is that he sees this giant cartoon like eye and then just immediately kicks it and he is under the desk without thinking about it. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure that he, that it, it's a reaction to PTSD. Yeah. So he gets, he's triggered in this moment. Yeah. He's, he's triggered. Was he holding his, was he still holding his glass when he looked out the window and then he oh. like, does he, does he drop well, the glass he... or? It, it, it was a shot so like he chugged the shot he might have the glass but but it was empty for sure because he down I, I gotta go back and look at the previous minute to see what's the beverage status <laughs> at the point where he's looking out the window oh well on um, the ground the glass is on the ground next to him but he, that that was okay. was long gone he did that okay so he so he dropped the glass moment. um as he as he went down but the alcohol is completely in eddie at this moment <laughs> Because I don't, I don't know if we see him drink it, but but it doesn't seem to be spilled on the ground either. We see him. Um, you know, you mentioned like the weird smile that he does at some point. I actually think that that is because uh, we we see it earlier. Also, Eddie does this kind of like um, lip smacking thing after he takes a drink of his beloved alcohol, uh, and I think that's kind of what it is. It's kind of that like thing that he. <laughs> He does. His his smile of having enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, he does. This like they they go to great lengths to proving how much he likes his alcohol within just the first 10 minutes of this movie. RK Maroon explains that it's only Dumbo. This this feels like a big deal because this is like the first major character, um, first major IP character that we get inside the movie. Mm-hmm. 
Dumbo, which um, movie was made six years earlier, the, I believe, fourth um, Disney animated film. Yeah. Very fun movie. I really love the the first five ones that, that Walt worked on himself. Um, I feel they got a completely different feel than any movies that come after. Uh, glad Dumbo gets his piece in here. Yeah, like Dumbo, Dumbo is a good like first insert for being like so recognizable, but also like nonverbal. And so they don't yeah. have to worry about any of that. Like they can Dumbo have him never in talks. There. They can yeah. just have him in there. And it's like, oh, like it's cute and there's noises, but we don't have to worry about like character performance too extensively for it. Yeah. And one of the few uh, Disney characters that can also fly too. So and and shouldn't mm-hmm. be in the air. So that makes sense. Do you yeah. think Dumbo's ever like, why did I get to fly? I wish I could just talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Probably. Well, in that movie, all the other elephants can talk, which is, um, Tress, I guess it's just a thing of um, Dumbo being so young. Sorry, elephants, yeah. you could only have one cool trick. <laughs> I, I assume it's got to just be that it's like, oh, well, he's still like little. Yeah, he's still quite smaller than the other elephants right. in the film. Although he does, um, uh, speaking of alcohol glasses, does get wasted in that movie. <laughs> Yeah, he true, does have his true. his own issues. <laughs> he's also taken away from his mother, and mm. just... he's probably got some PTSD. I think yeah. uh, Dumbo yes. and Eddie. Yeah, they can really he's relate on this. <laughs> they have so much in common. <laughs> <laughs> well, the PTSD could cause, I guess, some people to who like Dumbo, who not it was not speaking at the time when his oh yeah like to, to become more nonverbal yeah the trauma could could contribute to to not verbalizing um for yeah. an extended period of time or, or developmental delays and um or, or you know antisocial behaviors yeah we've talked about some of the spin-off movies that we'd like to see uh and dumbo and eddie exploring their shared drama is definitely on that list yeah at, at, at a therapy group <laughs> just bond you know, like trauma bonding and you know antics i think it's i think it's a good yeah both of them seen pink elephants <laughs> they're at alcoholics anonymous <laughs> <laughs> my my name's dumbo <laughs> i mean dumbo that movie uh, i i haven't seen it in a long time and because as a child i remember it being very sad and like very not sad. being like you know what i want to watch dumbo it's like well, it was yeah, and there's really like, sad like really clear like abuse of the animals yeah. yes yeah <laughs> i mean i i and like scary clowns scary clowns yeah scary clowns scary scary uh i think elephants all around and the, the little boy that was picking on dumbo too also pretty scary mm-hmm. i mean i love the um pink elephant scene i mean i love psychedelic disney which um was was very prominent in that period and um yeah very some very cool stuff short movie too i think that movie's like maybe it, a little bit of barely barely counts as a feature film yeah it's uh, honestly i think i think it's legitimately under the length that qualifies as a feature film but it still is counted. yeah still gets still gets uh held up as as one i mean it was probably much much tougher to make than, than now when you can just go mm-hmm. on a computer and lengthen any movie you want. Yeah, you gotta you gotta be pretty judicious mm-hmm. with the the animation frames and everything. Yeah, 
Um, but I, I like having Dumbo come in as as that first like, oh, wait, I know that one. Yeah. 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 Like at a perfect moment, too, just probably when everyone was starting to check out and then bam, Dumbo. Even if you didn't, if even if you've never seen the movie Dumbo, most people would be like, "Oh, it's that flying elephant that Disney." Yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna know. They Dumbo. might not know Dumbo like specifically, but I'm I sure think, most people you... would be able to say, "Oh, that's Dumbo." I feel like Dumbo's been used for like advertising. I now I want to say that he was used for advertising animal crackers, um, <laughs> like you know, because it's like circus themed animal crackers and stuff. Oh, uh. He was definitely a peanut butter mascot. Oh, was he? Dumbo was a peanut butter mascot, wasn't he? Okay. Let me see. Probably. I know Peter Pan was. Can I just say that I just Googled the film and obviously you get results for the live action movie that was made. And the one still of the live action movie is arguably one of the most terrifying photos I've ever seen. It is (laughs) a real real baby elephant in clown makeup and it is and he's a and that he's seems sad, unpleasant and it is yeah. so unpleasant <laughs> yeah I, I never watched it but oof. i i saw maybe half of the movie and i still forgot that it existed it it is uh, uh not very good i might just be biased Burton made this yes it oh, is God, very much <laughs> it is such a tim Burton movie too what fresh hell is this that we allow Tim <laughs> Burton to make a live action Dumbo movie? Oh, we've brought everything on ourselves. <laughs> yeah, it's it's exactly like you think it's going to be. This picture says it all. I wish you guys could see it right now. It's so horrifying. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to post it on the... Uh, all right, I could not find episode. proof that Dumbo was used as a mascot for peanut butter or animal crackers but in my brain he he's associated (laughs) yes that makes sense i think what you're saying is that dumbo should have had better representation (laughs) and it should have been you (laughs) but i i i feel like i remember dumbo being like in the grocery store on on like cereal boxes or something you know do you think maybe it was like that's how familiar you he is like maybe just the cheap dumbo knockoff or I mean, maybe it was like, my mom really likes the circus peanuts Ugh. candy. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have ever had it. Kestra oh, hates it. Yeah, the ones that taste like bananas. You know, it's yeah. it's a very polarizing candy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe it was on some of those or something or it got associated. I was sure that I had seen Dumbo the Elephant on products in the grocery store. Yeah. But I can't well, verify I think- that. I, I think if Disney listens to this, they're going to steal this idea and you're going to start seeing Tumbo there. Some, some peanut butter, circus <laughs> peanuts, and animal crackers. <laughs> Hopefully the uh, original animated Dumbo and not the Tim Burton Dumbo. Oh God, that would uh-huh. make you never buy that again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't get peanut butter with that CGI no. elephant. <laughs> you, did you want peanut butter to be your Joker origin story? Because boy, have I got <laughs> <laughs> And then, so, sorry, to, to get us, like, off of the Dumbo conversation, um, we, uh, Maroon does the classic half now, half when you get the job done. You know, that's that seems kind of like maybe a cheap move, too, or maybe he just mm-hmm. does not trust Eddie that he's not going to just take the $100 and not do the job. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there's a... 
like does a even in the in the film noir days but like should there be some sort of contract for services for a pi probably like should they drop some sort of contract it's like i am hiring you for this amount to do this job but I or mean, do you just cut them a check it, it's hard to tell like especially if you're doing something shady like this you're working with a private eye you're like not only on the surface having the private eye do something kind of shady but beyond that you have plans of that's going to lead to the demise of toontown uh, this you know seems like you're not going to want any paperwork leading back to you yeah yeah and but i think all right my only other real context for like a private detective being hired in a movie that i can think of where there's definitely like a paper trail is in sleepless in seattle when Meg Ryan hires a private eye to take pictures of Tom Hanks. She does it like over email or fax or something. So there is like, you know, like here's the request. Like I need pictures of of this person. Um, and and then it's clear that like they did the job, right? They show the, yeah. the detective in the restaurant taking the pictures. Uh, and so, but like, it's just like a written request for here's here's what the job is. And I have not watched enough film noir with detectives to really say like how it works in, in those, you know, watched... Maroon's not asking for a receipt of like, <laughs> I spent 50, duck, uh, 50, 50 bucks of studio money. I need to, I need to file the receipt. And so my accounting department's going to want to see something <laughs> written out that says, you know, $50 paid for pictures of Jessica Rabbit affair. Yeah, that, that so it is... was rendered on this date. <laughs> That's not going to look good. I don't think I don't think RK Maroon is cheap. I think he is shady. Uh, mm-hmm. But like his office, there's no expense spared. Right this scene, they're standing in front of two very large Lalique glass statues, which are extraordinarily expensive and very like recognizable. They're, he's got a revolving wall just to as a power move mm-hmm. and a stage that his desk sits on just as a power move. And, I don't think he's like, I don't think he cares at all. And, and, it's more just about getting one over on somebody. And two decanters full of Dr. Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> and and oh, we yes. know that's hard to come by. Yeah. Yeah. In 1947, you had to mix the root beer with the Coke first before you mix it with the cream yeah. soda. <laughs> he also uh, reveals that he pays uh, he first of all, he licensed Dumbo from Disney, which I feel like is not something they did in real life. But in this world, um, the studios um, are licensed to see each other's characters. Yeah, as far as the cartoons go, not so much. But like actors, to, if they're treating them as actors in the studio system, I think that would definitely happen. Like mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I need, I need, um, I'm trying to think of an actor from. I I need Judy Garland, <laughs> and she's you know contracted with this studio, so we pay that studio and then they send us Judy Garland. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe I don't know what that receipt looks like. either. (laughs) Yeah. Also something questionable if Maroon draws that receipt up or not. Um, So I do wonder if then in that world, there's more crossover, if maybe the movies in at Disney and Warner brothers and everything are Mm -hmm. different in this world and have more of a crossover. That's a good point. Yeah. Maybe everyone's seen Mickey and, and Bugs Bunny in movies together. We didn't we didn't really see enough of the like if 
I'm kind of surprised. Like the background of the tunes, like spending time together across studio outside of like the the um Donald and and Daffy Duck sequence, and then also like the the Mickey and Bugs, who I I guess just go parachuting together on the reg, but there's not like a a a classic like oh they're playing cards together or yeah. they're at, at a bar together or something like that yeah the the original script has a scene where they're all at the arc um all at acme's funeral together and you get a little more feel of like the relationships but yeah there's not not a lot of that in the movie i'd expect more of the mundane things that you do hear stories of whole, old hollywood where it's like oh everyone goes to this one drugstore yeah um I can't remember what the name of that drugstore is. It's in it's in Sunset Boulevard, um, but you know that sort of stuff's based off like real stories. It's like, oh yeah, Cesar Romero was here with this person and and this person, and you know they all would spend time at these same clubs and they go to so and so's house for for cards and games and that sort of stuff. So I'm surprised that we don't see more of that like kind of mundane version. It really is like no, when it's cartoons, like they're jumping off buildings and have parachutes, like it is heightened all the time. Yeah, they're they're always on. Mm-hmm. which I, if they were doing it today they definitely wouldn't do that um, I mean I think like it would lend itself to a good longer movie or sequel where you could dive deeper into that sort of thing so R.K. Maroon uh, says that he pays Dumbo in peanuts and in the uh, uh, cartoon way this is very literal um, mm-hmm. I feel this cannot be legal but um this this seems to be fine. Dumbo seems happy. He seems content. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it also makes me question too that like th- since he gives Dumbo peanuts, and we know Roger does like carrots, so cartoon animals like the same foods, have the same diet as their real life animal counterpart. I'm taking it to some degree, yeah. I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, obviously, I, they can I do like peanuts and carrots. <laughs> But it's a good. Point. But they can do alternative things because Baby Herman enjoys cigars, and a typical baby does not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have we that's... tried? Do we know? <laughs> but also, like, is, is Baby Herman? I mean, it seems like Baby Herman is a baby. He's just got an attitude and everything, but like, he never dresses as anything but a baby. Yeah, yeah he's always got that diaper on. And so, like, he is—he is a baby. And he's stuck as a baby, but he enjoys non-baby stuff. He's a very lecherous baby. Yeah, very <laughs> lecherous baby. But but it's never like implied. It's like, oh no, he just looks like a baby, so he plays a baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It always seems to be like, no, he is a baby. Yeah, he definitely has some baby moments where he'll like cry and. So yeah, he's probably like part baby and then part. <laughs> Maybe the natural maturing process of somebody that's been around for a while. Well, okay, here's here's the thing, because we've been talking about Dumbo. Not to bring Dumbo back into this, but uh, <laughs> we know like like a lot of Dumbo stuff is maybe because he's a baby and that time has passed since Dumbo was filmed. So I, I think we can say that tunes don't really age, at least I not at the same it. rate that yeah. other people do. So calling they're they're just like birthed, fully formed, however they're birthed. Uh, they don't they don't tell us that in this movie um mm-hmm. fully formed and then they don't really change until they meet uh some kind of end 
yeah because well the dip yeah. yeah the dip yeah <laughs> i mean ultimately like like so we don't get anything about like the origin of a tune but we can see like the only way the only way they say to kill it and i think there's something very specific to that like and i think that might have some implication for how a tune is created is because like when they introduce the dip they they tell you like oh these are the three chemicals in it and i think those three chemicals are intended as like this is what it would mean to destroy like like to physically yeah. destroy a cartoon because like one of the chemicals is turpentine and like turpentine is used as paint remover right and so it's like oh it removes the paint and then and then they've got these other things like oh that might like dissolve the the plastic cells that a, a cartoon is drawn on and that sort of stuff and so if it's like oh these these remove the the cell the ink and the paint then it's like okay so somehow these cartoons are are they come from cell and ink and paint but it's not 100% clear because they also say that there's like paint on their gloves. So the paint in particular seems to be in universe, but, but yeah, yeah, they don't talk about like, yeah, how's it, how's a tune born? Yeah. How, like I, I kind of assume maybe one of their parents is the animator and the other parents <laughs> is the voice actor. Um, like, <laughs> but you know, it's really hard to, it's really hard to, to tell. Cause I don't think they, unless like patty cake, does make more tunes uh that i think that <laughs> it's not really answered it's a, a very particular patty cake <laughs> yeah, <it's> a, when, <laughs> yeah when an artist and an inker and painter get together and a voice actor <laughs> of course yeah. <laughs> like this is a very complex process guys yeah i think if uh next time we have gary on we really got to ask him to sit us down and tell us exactly how a tune is made what do you what what is the idea behind this but then also please do ask him if like the formula that they described for the dip is like is that supposed to be like oh this would melt you know animation cells or or film strips or what because yeah. it seems like that's when they described I, it i was like that's what it sounds like it's supposed to be yeah, I think I think that I think you're onto that because like I've um, I um, heard that before that that was like a thing for like especially like the turpentine and th that's like mm -hmm. why they went that way because it probably wouldn't be good for a person to be exposed to that but it no it's but, gonna be very bad for uh, but if you're ink and paint on a on a on a plastic animation cell I'm like that yeah. sounds like it would actually melt it because like like acetone is yeah a chemical that melts plastic. And so I think that would, you know, purge something. And then if you've got something to remove the paint and something to dissolve the ink. And I, I looked it up when we were watching it. I was like, I wonder if this is the idea behind it. And I couldn't find anything like clearly definitive, but I'm like it, it, it works like it for a headcanon for me yeah. at least. Yeah. Like, so like when, when you're, when you're interacting with a tune, like what's the stuff they're made of? It's like, it's the same stuff. Uh, it's the same stuff. And it like makes complete sense that, that's what would kill them. Eddie, Eddie asks for um, the full carrot. Um, RK Maroon gives it to him and then Eddie leaves and Maroon just has the creepiest smile <laughs> as Eddie leaves. Outside, we hear another song by Alan Silvestri start and um, he encounters a couple characters. One of them, uh, from Fantasia, the ostrich from Fantasia, who um, apparently is named Madame Upanova. 
Okay, can we talk about her for a second? Oh, yes, please. Because she gives Eddie the biggest helping of side eye like (laughs) yeah she is just like ew like she's so disgusted at this man i mean and to be fair she's very put together yeah she is she is she has three colors of eyeshadow on (laughs) do do you think it's because of how disheveled he is yeah i mean he's a he's a hot mess he's walking out with like a crumpled check and like licking his lips like yeah i mean i think the, she the alcohol sweats are setting yeah. in at, at 10 a.m <laughs> and she's probably like ew that thing has rights and i don't yeah. <laughs> she literally like I mean, turns her look, makeup yeah she's got a look before she sees him and then she gets more of a look and, and you're right turns the beak up <laughs> yeah so you said her i had not heard that her name was Madame up, up and over, like up, up, up and over, because she's the like the topmost. Oh, yeah. Okay. Ostrich. So, so up and over. Yeah. Oh, I that's... assume it's the joke there. Yeah. Wow. Like one that no one except the people in the writers' room who named her are going to get, <laughs> which I kind of love. Are you ever going to do a mm-hmm. uh, Fantasia one minute at a time? We're probably going to go segment by segment. Okay. Yeah. On that that's, one that's why we we've named it like. Essentials, essentials so we don't have to do minutes yeah, for everything for everything right because so there's some there's some we definitely like i'm not I'm, doing that, that by minute yeah. but but fantasia's like i kind of would want to do it by minute but i don't think that makes sense the same way and so yeah. we'll just do like a really deep dive on each segment yeah that makes like sense. like maybe a two-hour episode on each segment yeah there's some segments in there that stretch on with a lot of dancing mm-hmm. and maybe maybe at the most extreme we might like break up the segments by their by their movements because you have like for the the dance of the hours you have like the ostrich section and the hippo section and the gator section yeah so you could break it up a little bit but yeah but we haven't decided we don't have to worry about that for a while still (laughs) yeah well actually we do have to worry about it for fantasia Fantasia 2000 2000. we're gonna get to that one first in the the way that we jump around oh okay so we better we better make a decision at some point yeah so after 101 dalmatians it'll be tangled and then it will be fantasia 2000 oh that's that's pretty exciting i only saw that one once i have less of a memory than i do uh way less of a memory than i do the other fantasia need to uh revisit that one i i really love it i wish i wish that they were doing regular refreshers on fantasia oh that would be great yeah i think maybe it doesn't get enough of the the kid audience for the Fantasia movie because like I feel mm-hmm. I liked it okay as a kid but I like it way more as an adult yeah yeah and I think it's kind of been replaced by by doing the shorts you know mm-hmm. they make those shorts available on um on various things but it doesn't it, but it doesn't do like the classical you know music and composer and like a little bit of telling about it so I'd like more more Fantasia stuff yeah yeah I I'm in full agreement with that he also uh, passes by Michigan J Frog from Looney Tunes. Um, it's an early Michigan J Frog, not, yeah. not the modern. <laughs> yeah, very less upright. He's much more regular frogish in in this version. He he also gives Eddie a bit of a look. It's, it's yeah. small, yeah, but it's there. There's a little judgment. He's not doing his full tuxedo and um, and singing "Hello, my baby" at this point. So you know he's, you know, maybe this is the point where he sees Eddie and he thinks, "I don't want to be that," and just completely <laughs> changes his image. <laughs> he's like, 
he's like, I, I got to step this up. <laughs> yeah. um, this is a good minute to talk about something that I, again, didn't realize until like doing a little bit of research while we were watching the movie um, last week. They like put the shadows of the animated characters into the world. And that's a really important touch for making this feel mm. um, accurate. And especially I think um, when Madame Upanova walks past Eddie, like the shadow of her neck moves across Eddie. And I don't know how they do that exactly, but it's like, oh, wow, that really makes a big difference for feeling connected. It's not that they're directly interacting. It's that there's, you know, additional interaction, right? They're, they do cast a shadow. It's not just like later on when people grab, um, well, when, when the physical people grab cartoons or when the tunes grab, grab onto people, but like having shadows cast is yeah. maybe even more powerful to make sure that there's nothing that that makes me feel like it's weird. Yeah, it's a great touch that could so easily go unnoticed, but the fact that it's there just adds so much to it. I wonder how they did do that. Now I'm all curious. I they probably they just, just practically, right? Like they probably mm-hmm. just had like a, you I know, like a I sock assume. and a stick and- <laughs> Some of them, but some of them, it's probably- I mean, I, I think some of it, they probably animate the shadow into place because yeah. like like Dumbo's flying. Do they have a cutout of Dumbo in the different shapes that he takes? Like they probably just animate it onto the space. There's later a segment where um, Roger and Eddie hit their ha- their heads on a lamp and it keeps going back and forth. And that was a nightmare to do. I And I know for, for, for like bigger ones, like when Jessica Rabbit is grabbing Eddie's collar and stuff, they're just, there's an actress or, or an actor. I couldn't find out who it was. Um, but there's a, a a person who's grabbing the collar and moving it around, and then they animate over the top of that with a little bit of rotoscoping. Yeah, um, just to line things up. But they can they can overdo that pretty easily. But like, oh, doing the shadows and like pushing doors and stuff. It's like I know there's simple tricks for some of that stuff, but it's like, okay, actually, that's got to be really hard. Like like Roger Rabbit is in handcuffs with Eddie, and that handcuff like interacts in a couple of different ways. Like it it flops around some, it moves. It's so it's not just yeah. like it's not like the, the invisible dog trick. And there's moments where I'm like, it's like random moments where it seems like the thing couldn't possibly be touched by anything else. Like Roger Rabbit sticks his eyes through some holes and then knocks over the ketchup bottle or something. And it's like, <laughs> I know that just means that somebody knocked over a ketchup bottle with something, but I can't, like, I don't know what they would have knocked it over with. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, really really impressive the more the more you study it and the more like you actually look at those individual moments and be like oh wait <laughs> this is somebody is doing this this is not actually a cartoon character doing it that's just like um pretty amazing yeah i think it's 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 one of those things where you don't notice it right like i, I for one am very like i just get immersed in movies i tend to like not pay a ton of attention to the details and if I do it to me it's like oh there's something wrong like something's not keeping my attention and so I'm you know analyzing it instead of just being in it um and I think they do all of those things so well like if they hadn't done the shadows if they didn't have um other things besides the actors interacting like the the just inanimate space interacting well with the tunes then you would be kind of constantly kicked out of it right like you would notice and and i can honestly say like having watched this for 
a while now, <laughs> again, recently, <laughs> like there aren't those moments, right. Where you're taken out of it and you're like, oh, that wasn't done well. Like there, I, I don't remember one of them, you know? Um, mm. And that's, I think set, speaks to how amazing of a job they did. No, I, yeah, I, absolutely. I, I think you're right, Andrew. This movie's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm like, starting, I'm starting to be convinced. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I really like watched it. I was like, now hang on a second is this movie like actually like quite good it's not just like a funny concept it's like no actually they did really really good job with this concept and i think that's one of those things like sometimes you get concept movies like okay people don't necessarily appreciate how hard it can be to execute it especially if it's a concept that hasn't been done a lot um like like this in space jam like you're like hey these are these are great like live cartoon interaction things and then you get like the new space jam movie and everyone's like oh this is not good yeah like, yeah like good. these are not necessarily hits and so you you have to like take a minute and appreciate it's like oh they actually like did this thing that is maybe not a guaranteed success but like you just assume that the that the the pitch is what makes this great it's like no they actually like they like they told a good story it. like yeah. it really is a like solid film noir ish kind of story yeah um and then they like incorporate the the tunes into it and so it's kind of got like two different pitches going two concepts going and and yeah like just because it worked with the concept people assume that the concept is what worked and like no 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 no, no. like this is like this is a, a well-made movie like this has the the skills that are necessary to to make a movie and honestly, I think it needed to be made when it was made. I don't mm -hmm. think it would have worked as well if it was made today. It, yeah. it just doesn't seem like if it was made today, it, it, it wouldn't be executed as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. I think the temptation to go all CGI would be, have been too great. Yeah, yeah, that that would have been bad, and I think they would have forgotten things like like the shadows and yeah, um, and the direct interaction. Uh, yeah. would have been less careful because they knew they could because they knew that they could compensate for so much and for this one's like no we have to be so precise because we can't compensate for anything we don't have the ability to to make up for anything yeah yeah it's i pretty, agree they, they also would have ruined it because they would have just uh, cast chris pratt as all of the voices <laughs> yes that that also would have happened and that would have been a real shame. I do not think I would enjoy this movie as much if you just switch Bob, Bob Hoskins for for Chris Pat. Yeah, I'd be like, uh, uh, hang on, that's not the same. Bob, Bob Hoskins has Bob Hoskins has has something very special here. They would have made Chris Pratt, Eddie, and Roger. Yeah, yeah, they would have done both. Oh, I'm glad we don't live in that world. We do. We do live in that world. <laughs> well, we live in here he, is, he is Garfield and Mario. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess on the reboot for Roger Rabbit starring Chris Pratt. Oh, Can't no. wait. Oh, I don't no, want but... a reboot of Roger oh. Rabbit. I don't yeah. want that reboot. That's a bad idea. Yeah. Directed by Tim Burton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else for minute nine? unfortunately as much as i want like i want to keep talking about this movie with you guys but i guess that just means you have to come back sometime i'd love to oh great we would Good. love to have you guys yeah back. absolutely
it's time for our favorite segment where I call up my friend Nish. We ask him how he feels about the next three minutes of the movie on Fridays with Nish. It's Friday with Nish. Ooh, what a dish. Tell your mother. Tell your shrink. Tell us, Nish, what do you think? Yeah. Hello. Hey, Nish. So you just watched minutes seven through nine of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you give us your overall thoughts about them? Um, Again, new, a lot of new information came out. (laughs) Every three minutes is uh, full of uh, new information. I think, I think the four to six minutes, I thought something is going to be already be planned directly on Roger Rabbit, like kind of do something to him uh, of sorts, but um, the producer has come up with Jessica Rabbit, it seems, and wants to, uh, wants, wants Jessica to be spied on. And so now I feel like more information will come out in next three minutes about Did, Jessica Rabbit and that's gonna change the whole movie. And so, yeah. What do you, uh, what are your instincts about Jessica specifically? Like, what are you, what are you expecting? Um, I mean, it's gotta be something's going on in the uh, in the land of the tunes where nobody wants to go. Uh, I think uh, I think she's gonna be uh, the Jessica Rabbit is gonna be found doing something that no one, no characters are expecting. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like any guesses? Um, I, I mean, I think, I think, uh, um, Jessica Rabbit is, I, I don't know what kind of thing just, uh, Jessica Rabbit could do to throw the rabbit off his game <laughs> completely, uh, on, uh, on the sets, uh, um, maybe doing something like, this is still a children's movie, no? Uh, well, hard to say. Hard to say. I don't know. I had so many <laughs> thoughts on this movie. I think, I think it could be, it could be one of those things uh, uh, where there's maybe there's an affair angle, which is a classic. There's something going on. Um, it could be something more uh, uh, kind of uh, crazier in some ways, like maybe more surprising, where Jessica Rabbit has a, a alternate life. What what do you think Jessica Rabbit looks like? Outside of being a rabbit, yeah, let me think about it. Uh, I would say, uh, um, I would like a, like a pretty rabbit. Like I think it's I think it's, that's the female female like the, the main lead, like the yeah. romantic lead, uh, or like the uh, like the original Lola Bunny, not the revised, you know, uh, not the revised family friendly one. Um, I wish I knew yeah. that. Reference. Yeah, <laughs> Lola Lola Bunny is from the first Space Jam, and she's mm-hmm. like the girl Bugs Bunny. And uh, a certain section of the internet is very upset that they sort of desexualized her for the no. for the sequel. Uh, oh, I, yeah, I suppose I think, you can imagine the- which section mm-hmm. of the internet that is. Mm, I think it's. Uh, I think I'm thinking it's the is the the original, 
Lola uh, Bunny uh, is what I'm thinking is what Jessica is, uh, has been based on. I again, don't know the timelines of all the <laughs> movies. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, I think there's something there. I also think the next few minutes will have more whiskey in it because it seems like whiskey is going to be a thing with this, this guy. And I think there might be some plot points around it. Mm. Could be, or maybe not. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I think it's going to be exciting. Uh, They're projecting it a little bit more like a comedy at this point, I think. In right. Movie. Like a, a comedy opposed to like a straight up film noir. Yeah, like because there is like they have like all these kinds of odd jokes thrown in, like you know they they work for peanuts and like you know and like that's a, <laughs> it's a joke and the joke about carrots, you know. I'm like this is gonna be a regular thing in this. <laughs> this witty witty one-liners are gonna be coming all the time. So uh, it's not gonna be as noir as I thought it would be. Uh, well, so I think you've got some pretty solid predictions in there yeah. and um you know i also think that there's still a lot of surprises for you coming yeah. which i'm excited about yeah yeah I, I am too i can't wait to see what jessica rabbit is up to <laughs> anything at all at this point do you have a theory on who the the movie's villain might be oh i mean producer is Still kind of an odd guy, but the villain villain, like, ah. I think Jessica Rabbit could be. And if there is an affair angle, maybe there is something going on. There, like, you know, as a, that's a pretty straightforward kind of like a plot for a, for a noir, like a murder mystery sort of thing. Uh, and maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe uh, Roger Rabbit will get framed by Jessica Rabbit and the producers try to make money off it. And there's no one on Roger Rabbit's side. It's that's sad little comment. <laughs> <laughs> that is sad for him. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ultimately, I mean, you should, you should finish each of these with asking like, okay, at this point in the film, who do you think framed Roger Rabbit? What did oh. they frame him doing? And why did they frame him for it? I I think this is a great three questions. What what are your current thoughts on that issue? Yeah, I think I think based on these three minutes, uh, I think uh, Jessica Rabbit is going to be the uh, one of the chief framers of Roger Rabbit, uh, and I think it's going to be a, a a a death. Someone's death is going to be framed on. It's going to be like you know. Uh, um, you're looking at a homicide investigation and uh, Roger Rabbit uh, is getting framed for it because of Jessica Rabbit. Um, Why do you think it's going to be a death? It's just, uh, I don't know what anything less than that would be more fakes. Counts as a framing. Yeah, like, like what, what else do you frame someone for besides murder? Yeah, I mean, you know, you frame I mean, like, for, yeah. You don't think it's like tax evasion? Tax evasion. Yeah, like you, you could. You could frame someone for for fraud. Fraud, yeah. Fraud, uh, fraud could be fun. Uh, <laughs> frame, frame them for theft. Yeah, I don't uh, know why. You've got options. Yeah, it's just uh, from a movie point of view. I think they might have gone for something like that. Uh, um, 
I, I think there could be something fun in, uh, you know, maybe like a, a robbery or something. Uh, I'm thinking what kind of crime can be done on a movie set? Um, you could definitely kill someone. Yeah. Or... Yeah. As we, as we now know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, sorry. That's not what, oh, yeah. that's not what so, I was talking about. So why do, why do you think that, uh, Jessica is one of the framers of why do you think Jessica's framing Roger for murder? Um, yeah, what, what's this the point a, of framing him? Yeah, this is a big leap here, right? Like, I think, I think there is an assumption of a, a lover on the side mm. going on. Uh, um, and yeah, I think there's got to be some money involved, some kind of a some kind of an angle there. Uh, why not just leave the rabbit? But Jessica Rabbit wants him dead. The insurance money, fraud, here we go. There's fraud <laughs> and murder at the same time. That's very film noir. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, and somehow a little bit more adult than just murder. Yeah. There's yeah. Be something something more to, more to that. Yeah. Um, yeah, what uh, were that? Those were the three qu all questions, or yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Who do you think is framing him? What are they going to frame him for? And and Why what? Do you think what? We, yeah, what's their benefit in framing him in the first place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is great. I'm going to. It's keep like it's like playing in. Clue at the end of each three episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, what is going to be the murder weapon? Um. Oh, it's going to be a, some kind of a. Fun, no? Some rabbit-related thing. Uh, <laughs> carrots have already been used. So, uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> carrot seems too obvious. Carrot seems really. too obvious. I don't know. Uh, 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 rabbits have a lot of sex, but that's cannot be used as a murder <laughs> weapon. Uh, that's another thing I know about rabbits. That, <laughs> it's a very adult movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, yeah, they also have like the front rabbit teeth. They could bite with it, but oh, maybe that's the clue. Oh, these are rabbit marks right here. Let's go to uh, Toon Land. I really hope that that's it. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I love that. Uh, any any last questions for Nish? Uh, great. Um, Thanks again for joining us, Nish. Can't wait to hear what you think about the next three minutes of the movie. Sounds great. Thank you for uh, chatting <laughs> with me and I'll, I'll see you guys later. Okay, cool. Thanks, Nish. All right, good night. Night. So, Andrew and Kestra, do you have anything in particular that you want to plug? Uh, not in particular. You've mentioned Disney Animation Minute Essentials, which is our, our regular podcast that we will within the next few months we keep saying it i mean we've been on a bunch of podcasts where we're like yeah we're working on and we really have been working on 101 dalmatians yes. one minute at a time and at some point we'll actually be releasing episodes but we've been like getting things ready for it for a while so once we get going with it it should be a lot easier to get it all done and we've been having making a like a setup that um we think will definitely help us 
make sure that we get to the next seasons a, mm -hmm. a little bit faster too. We're creating document templates and yeah. email templates and so, a lot of templates. Uh, yeah. And, and you, and you obviously have plugged uh, dueling genre. Mm -hmm. and so there's lots of great things there and you can find all our social media uh, attached there. Hey, well, thank you so much. Um, it was awesome having you both on here. Really, if you like good movies, please go check it out. Before I listened to the podcast, I knew Snow White was a good movie, but I would have not listed it as one of my favorites. But after going through that, like after going through it minute by minute and listening to your podcast and your analysis on it, I'm like, damn, this is probably the best Disney movie <laughs> of all time. Um, if you like this podcast, you will also like that one. We are hosted by the aforementioned Dueling Genre. Go check out all their podcasts, duelinggenre.com. want to thank them and Scott Corelli for hosting us. And we will see you Monday for Minute 10 of Who Analyzed Roger Rabbit.